When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of You Need Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host. And so glad you've made your way here. If this is your first episode, or we don't have 500 episodes, but I wanted to say, or your 500th episode. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I'm glad you're here. I want to, before we get going, give a little disclaimer that if you've made your way here and you're new, just a reminder that this is not therapy in itself, but this is a way where I am able to talk about mental health and get some information out there for you guys to start getting you thinking about therapy and what things in your life you might want to dig into and heal and all that. This is not therapy though, and I cannot be your therapist via podcast, although that would be great if I could, but I just can't. And also I wanted to remind everybody about our self-love club. So if you don't know what that is, it is a letter that I send out every week through email. And sometimes it includes promotions and codes for our merch and stuff that we sell online at youneedtherapy.com. So if you want to sign up for it, you can go to youneedtherapypodcast.com and you can do that there. I send a little letter from me and it gets posted nowhere else. So it's kind of like, I want to say it's exclusive, but it's just a letter from me. So I don't feel like it's that exclusive. But anyway, go sign up for that. Also, happy post Valentine's Day. At this point, Valentine's Day is yesterday. But when I'm recording this now in the moment, it is, I'm in it. It's Sunday. And I honestly thought about doing an episode on singleness, but we just put one out with Jamie Twerkowski a couple weeks ago on loneliness. And I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like I need to spend all of our time talking about something that's actually really not wrong with us. And that episode's awesome. So if you need something like that, go look at You're Not Lonely and Your Loneliness. It's a great episode. I will just say this one thing this week, and then we'll get to the content of this week's episode. If you are someone who is struggling in the season of relationship life that you're in, I'm really sorry that you're hurting. I feel that. I have felt that sometimes I'm still in it currently. But what I want you to know is that 
whatever you're in is not a punishment or a curse and it's not because there's something wrong with you. Life is just doing its thing and a lot of life doesn't really go in our directions. And if it did all of the time, oh my gosh, things would be more messed up than they already are, which is crazy to me. But I have come to believe that the waiting seasons are the best seasons because in our waiting season, something is happening. Like things are happening that we don't know about and things are being prepared and the world is at work. And for me, waiting is a space where what we are meant to have is being created for us. And I think it's really cool to think of it that way. So I encourage you to find some gratitude in your weight if you're in that. And I don't mean cover up your pain with a smile. When I say find some gratitude in the pain, it means to feel the pain and the hurt. And in that know that when your waiting period is over, the amount of gratitude for what is being prepared will be so, 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 so much bigger, which is very cool. And I love thinking about it that way. So done with that. Valentine's Day is over. I hope you guys had a good one regardless. And let's talk about this week. So this week, oh my gosh, I have my friend Kenzie Todd on and we could have made this episode 15 hours long, but you know, I think that would be a little bit too long. So if you don't know who Kenzie is, she is the owner and founder of Full Ride Cycling. And she has recently become a friend of mine. And also like she's my boss kind of, well, she is my boss in that realm. And I originally intended her to come in, talk about what it was like mentally and emotionally to keep a business afloat during the pandemic. And we did that, but we also did so much more. We went from mental health to pandemic, to fitness, to social media, to friendships, to trauma. I mean, we talked about everything. And I I love these kinds of episodes because it really just felt like I was having a conversation with a friend and we happened to be recording it. And if you don't know Kenzie, you're going to love her. She is someone who has been through some things, but you probably never would know just by looking at her. And I even talked about how my judgment of her before I knew her was so, so off. She has a heart of gold and was very honest about a lot of things in this episode and also honest about how she has had to learn to protect her heart in that um, and some of life and I really want to just before I put this out there thank Kenzie for doing this because I think this episode is not just going to be fun to listen to but also it bridges a gap of loneliness in comparison and it comes off the heels of one of my actual favorite episodes from last week the one with Anne Marie so you haven't listened to that go listen to it but this just felt so I guess real to me and that's my favorite kind of content to put out sometimes I like teaching you guys things sometimes I like interviewing people this just felt like a real conversation about people talking about how life is hard which is why it was so hard for me to actually title this episode but anyway so thank you Kenzie for doing this I hope you guys enjoy it you can follow Kenzie at at Kenzie Todd on Instagram and at full ride cycling if you want to just like get to know her a little bit more however we do talk about social media in this episode and so even telling you to go follow that seems like incongruent in some way but just wanted to give that information out there if you live in Nashville and you want to try a cycling class with Kenzie she's a phenomenal instructor I highly recommend her you can go to fullridecycling.com and look and find all the information about that so thank you Kenzie thank you all the people who are listening to this I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week I will see you on Wednesday for couch talks and here is my conversation with Kenzie Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of You Need Therapy. I have, I feel like I always say the same thing, but it's because all my guests are great. But I have another exciting guest here. Her name is Kenzie 
Some of y'all will be familiar with her because you know her or you might have heard her recently on Amy's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown. Welcome. Thank Kenzie. you. Thank Welcome. you. All right. So there's a couple reasons why I asked Kenzie to come and talk. We're going to try to get through all of them. And if not, you'll just come back. Perfect. Um, but Kenzie is the owner of the cycling studio that I just started teaching at. And that's really how I met you. I've known who you are for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now we get to be friends. And you're my boss. <laughs> I'm not your boss. I am not you your are boss. My boss. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you're unique in the way, in the sense that like you're a young business owner. You work in fitness. You didn't start in fitness. You have a history being engaged in things revolved around mental health. And you've mm-hmm. been to therapy and you have feelings mm-hmm. and you like to talk about them. Yes, I do. And you're unique in the way that you kept a small business afloat. Is that what she would say? Yes. Afloat. afloat. Um, Alive. Through the last year, mm-hmm. which we're coming up on a year mm-hmm. of the year anniversary. This yeah, is not something to celebrate. Why? But, yeah, I don't. Of yeah. Um, the pandemic. Yeah. And so that's one of the main reasons I wanted you to come in to talk about really how that affected you and what you learned. Mm-hmm. Because all of us have survived this pandemic that are listening to this and i think it's really helpful to see the insides of people's Mm -hmm. survival stories yeah because and we'll get into social media sometimes it looks like things just ran very smoothly but there's no way that could have happened no smoothly so do you mind just sharing what the pandemic like the trajectory of it was like like Mm -hmm. in the beginning and then Oh, yeah, we could talk a whole episode on this. But I would say the pandemic came as fast for me as it did for everybody else. I had actually just taken a trip to Miami with my mom for the first time. She's like, let's the tornado had just happened. Mm. My house wasn't destroyed, but I used to live in East Nashville. And so Mm. my whole street was destroyed. I had no power. So she's like, let's just go. Let's go to Miami. Let's get out of town. And this was when COVID was kind of on the rise. And we're like, we don't know if this is real. Did you go right the weekend before everything shut down? Yes, we went right before. I went to Florida that weekend, too. Yes, it was a bachelorette. Trip. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're like, and that was the last hurrah we had. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and my mom and I just read by the beach and kind of just, we had a great time. We came back the very next day. I closed my business and it was March 17th when we closed. And I remember thinking we'll be closed. I didn't even honestly think we'd be closed. I didn't really remember how long I actually felt like we'd be closed mm-hmm. for. I kind of just was like, this is the right thing to do. We were the first studio to close in Nashville. Um, I, maybe the second, I don't know, maybe the first or second, but we, I wanted to do it early because I just, I was like, we, we cannot be the last one to close down. This is a real thing and we need to figure out what's going on and what our steps are going to be after this. And so all I knew was like, we're going to close. So we communicated that out to the community. We had a really positive attitude. It was, I think it was Shauna's last, it, she was the last class and I was like, mm-hmm. you're the last class. Like, let's go. And so we did it. I was there, we closed down and you know, 75 days later, we finally got to reopen. But in that time, did it you was, think it was going to be a long closing? No, I, I thought didn't. two weeks. I thought two weeks, yeah. maybe a month at worst. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea we were going to have to completely pivot our business, go online, mm-hmm. you know, fight every single day to try to stay alive. And primarily the biggest motivation was for the clients because, you know, you have people that go away for a week and they come back. They're like, oh my gosh, I missed it. I needed it. Or mm-hmm. I've been gone for the weekend. Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden now 75 days and people don't have a community. A lot of people lost like their ability to move their bodies because 
they don't have workout like, who has workout equipment mm-hmm. at home nobody does it's nobody era, did yeah, yeah nobody did now everybody does so when we closed I just had no idea that we were going to be closed for as long as mm-hmm. we did and my spirits were really pretty high at the beginning and then it just like slowly just started to go downhill from there but I've never worked harder in my entire life than I did during the pandemic I think a lot of people kind of scaled back got to work from home jumped mm-hmm. on zoom calls I was working probably 12 to 18 hours a day trying to get my business not only af- to keep it afloat but also to find this new avenue and find this new stream of revenue because when you're not open as a cycle studio or as any kind of fitness studio you're not making money unless you're online and nobody was mm-hmm. online at that time no one needed to be it was all about group fitness in the flesh in real life mm-hmm. you know so we pivoted really quickly we rented all of our bikes and that was that allowed for us to be able to pay our rent so that we took all that money we paid our rent and then paid all of our insurance we were able to keep paying our bills and then what really drove me to start an online was like most of my instructors are 1099 contractors and that's how they make mm-hmm. money so I was like okay we're okay I've always had like three to six months of a reserve so we had cash in the bank I have an incredible CPA shout out to Allison Reynolds who has been a lifeline for me and she's taught me so much about mm-hmm. how to just continue to keep your business manage your money and she's been amazing so we had a reserve we were okay but I was not okay because my people weren't okay and so I was like okay we got to figure out how to build the digital so we did we built these online classes I have an amazing sound engineer who's become a really good friend of mine he came up he helped me figure out how we could record it because I was like if we're going to do this it's going to be really good quality it has to be be badass and Mm so we got a lighting guy who actually is one of our clients he's like a professional in that industry Mm -hmm. and he came and helped us out and then um, I had my sound engineer and then we just started filming online classes and then we took all that money and then we basically split it up between the team and that's how the instructors made money during the pandemic we just gave it all to the team and then that's kind of what got us through and I think got a lot of clients through those really really dark days which was primarily most of last summer and fall but where were you where was I? Because I just yeah, hear you talking about like other people, uh, the clients yes. and your other instructors. So where were you? So, you might have felt okay financially because you prepare for disaster as a business owner, yeah. but also like twelve to eighteen hour days. Yeah, you flipped your business model in a, like probably a week. Mm-hmm. Where was like Kenzie's brain and heart? I was numb. I was yeah. so numb. I have a tendency ever since I was a kid to numb myself out in times of trouble. I go on this thing called like survival mode. And mm-hmm. so I don't really know how I feel. I don't really know where I'm at. I know how to work really, really hard. My strengths finders, I'm sure you do this, um, is my number one is discipline. So like if I see a task, like I will just go and I'm a, th- I'm a two on the Enneagram, but I have a really strong three wings. So I, I'm varied, like achieve, mm-hmm. achieve, achieve. So the combination of all of that was pretty deadly for me. And I was on pure survival and I was very numb and I was exhausted. Okay, so my question, I guess, is so what did you look like? Did you look like a robot? Did you become a different version that people were like, what the heck is wrong with you? I think at the beginning, I, f- I felt and looked okay. Um, I have an incredible support system. So my mom lives in Nashville and I was kind of just mm-hmm. staying at her house and Michael, my boyfriend and my brother was here for a bit. And we, we really kind of just had this quality time as a family that we've never had. So I felt like I was kind of on a little mini vacation. I got to rest my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got our bikes rented out. We're doing online stuff. This is kind of a cool, different, I was trying to look at it like this is just a different season and it's going to be over soon. But then reality starts 
starts to set in and you start to think, okay, this isn't over yet. We don't see an end in sight. And then all of a sudden too, you have all the things that were going on in the world. It was just almost like one thing after the other. And I kept Mm -hmm. kind of being on survival. And I felt that way because I felt like I had, I have a team of now 32, but at the time it was like 27 people. And I was like, how do I stay strong for them how do i set this example you have 32 employees yes so you had 27 at that time 27 that at is that time mm-hmm. terrifying yeah most of 1099s are w-2s everyone's part-time except for me and everyone had something else there was a couple that didn't so i just made sure that i reached out to them first but um, i'm really good at taking care of other people i'm not good at taking care of myself and i mm-hmm. think that as a two on the enneagram has been one of my biggest lessons as a in my mid to later 20s was like what are my needs because i can figure out everyone else's and I'm an empath so I can feel everybody Mm -hmm. around me and I overthink and overfeel sometimes but then if I don't take time to really figure out how I feel then that gets me on that like autopilot numb survival mode Mm -hmm. that in times can be really beneficial because it can help you get through it but then you get through at the end of it and then all of a sudden I broke like I broke at the end of 2020 like towards Christmas Mm -hmm. beginning of this year hardest six weeks of my life because I was finally feeling all of the repercussions financially it's been a shit storm you know mm-hmm. for me personally because running a business and I'm fully paid through the business and as you know as a mm-hmm. business owner like you are based on your bottom line so if your bottom line is crap like you don't get paid that month mm-hmm. and so then I didn't get paid the next month and then you're like oh my gosh like the stress just continues to compound and in an industry and a role where I have to be positive it's really hard and we talk about this a lot just you know when we're not recording even podcasts of like how do we maintain our authenticity and be real Mm -hmm. But then how do we also have our head held high and say, hey, I'm going to do this because I got to do this. I got to get up and I got to teach a class, even though I feel like I want to go cry in the back, you know? Okay. Let's talk about this because what you're explaining is I think I felt more of this in the beginning of the pandemic. My MO was I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I really am going to be fine. I need to figure out how to support my clients because I can't see them in person. So let's figure out this telehealth stuff how do we make it feel real how do we make it work because you're going also going through a pandemic Mm -hmm. in the sense of like your business is changing but your life is changing Mm -hmm. the way that we connect to people is changing like just relationships in general which is like what life is built off of that's changing yeah so you're compartmentalizing of like i got to do this business thing and keep these people afloat and then it's like the aftermath it reminds me of like sixes on the Enneagram. One of the things that they do is they can get through a crisis really, really well because they plan for it. Mm-hmm. So they're ready and they go and they don't decompensate until after the crisis is yeah. like, is it's kind of me. fixed. And that's what it sounds like you're talking about. Yes. It's like, I figured it out. Fast forward, you open a brand new studio. Like mm-hmm. you went from a temporary spot to a new beautiful studio. Yeah. I will say, if I knew nothing, it looks on the outside like you've had the best year of your life. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. And it didn't feel that way. No, it didn't. So no. what happened in at the end of 2020? What did that... You don't have to give details, but what did that look like for you? It was... feel like? It felt like I had been hit by a train. And it wasn't like I didn't want to get out of bed because I, I love my life. I love... I have the most incredible friends and family, and I truly love my job. It just felt like my body was starting to shut down. I actually got a kidney infection, and... And I had all all of my levels in my my D3, like everything was just like gone. It was Mm -hmm. shot. And so I was like, my doctor said, if you don't work on this, like you are going to be in the hospital. And my family's very, you know, they're like, you're a little underweight or you're a little this. And and I'm like, I I, I know all these things. I'm aware of all these things. I can't help it because I've had one hell of a year. And there's just been 
trying to learn how to give myself grace and then get back up. And I am not one to fake it. So like if Mm -hmm. you come into my class and I've had a really crappy day, I'm not going to put that on you, but my class is going to be a little bit more edgy and a little bit more angry because I feel like that's how I process everything. Mm -hmm. And so full ride has been a lifeline for me. But yeah, if you look at my life, the last 2020, it's like, wow, you've had the best year of your life. You opened up your dream studio and it was like, yeah, I did it. And I didn't really have another choice and I'm so blessed and so grateful. And it's a, it's kind of like the showcase of like, I talk about this with Amy, but, um, and just anyone that asks of like, I'm a believer. So it's like literally the representation of like what you do when you put your faith Mm -hmm. in something that's so much bigger than you. And then you have a really incredible army of people. But at the same time, that is the dangers of, and I'm sure we'll get to this of social media, which I also try to avoid of like, it's not always perfect. So sometimes like we opened this new, beautiful studio and I didn't even know it was going to, it happened so quick, you Mm -hmm. know, and I wasn't looking for it. And we were trying to find a new space. This one became available and we, I had to fight for that space. There was like four other studios really well known. I don't know the names. I'm pretty sure core power was one of them, but nationally recognized brands that wanted the space that we're in. And I had to pitch to the landlord why I was worthy trying to do that, showing our, them our balance sheet and being like, yeah, we're cash funded. We're not a franchise. There's no investor. Here's my person. I had to put my personal financials out. I had to put like, mm-hmm. talk about just like vulnerability of like, please choose me because mm-hmm. this is kind of like my last hope. I don't truly know what we would have done if I didn't get this space. Yeah. And the landlord was like, I've asked around, I've stalked you on social media. I've stalked your business. Like, I love what you're about. I'm going to take a chance on you. Let's do this. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like that, that stuff doesn't yeah. just happen. So it's been a mixture of like the hardest year of my life. And then there's been so many gifts, but I've had to go through it and then feeling like you're hit by a train because I am just a processor. I process after, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like January kind of was, was like a, it was a rough month because I was processing and actually feeling all of 2020. It's legitimately like PTSD of it a is. year. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people think about probably more along the lines of like complex PTSD because people think of post-traumatic stress disorder as something that happens when there's this one thing, mm-hmm. like there's a, an assault or maybe you went to a war or you had a something just big one-time thing, but you had repeated, I wouldn't even call it like a little, are you familiar with little T, big T trauma? Yes, f- from you. I don't know that I would even call it little T because it feels like it was just a bunch of like weird big T's that mm-hmm. you weren't realizing were traumatic mm-hmm. because I was saying this to a client the other day. Our bodies and our brains and and how we were created, we were not created to live in the world that we're living in now. Mm. Or we haven't been like trained to. Because if you look at, I mean, if you go back to the beginning of time, our bodies and our brains all worked in different ways. But in in the period of time that we grew up in and we were living in, this pandemic life is not how we were trained and how our bodies know how to work. Mm-hmm. Even from the little things as masks, mm. in the sense of like, we get something from going into a public place and being able to see somebody's facial, yes. facial expression. Yeah, And we're now having to learn how to get that same response through eyes. Yeah, And like some of us are like, it makes me think of like, maybe we should stop getting Botox (laughs) (laughs) so we can like be more expressive but like really like it's the the littlest things affect us and we don't realize it because our world is just like go 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 do 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 a lot of what I've seen businesses 
and me too, but my business is a little bit different, is that like, it's how do we be successful through this? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we make the most money through this? Or how Mm -hmm. do we come out on top through this? And yeah, that's important because Mm -hmm. we need to make money to live. Yeah. But also it's like, well, how are we caring for ourselves through this? Because we have had to restructure our lives. Yes. It's not as easy just to go out to dinner with Mm-mm. a bunch of friends on the weekend. No, like you can go out to dinner with like five people. Mm-hmm. So then, or so then you're just staying in because you don't want to leave somebody out. And then like, can is that safe to even be with people? And then everybody's anxieties. Yeah, we can just go a go. But, yep. So for you, what did you learn that you needed to like restructure in the way you were living at the mm-hmm. end of this year? Because you're realizing, holy crap, I haven't taken care of myself. Yep, I wouldn't even say that it's that you weren't even showing up as like authentic on social media, which we'll get into. You weren't even really on it much. No. What did you learn that you needed? Where did you have to readjust? I mean, this is in the now. Yeah, in the now. Man, I think the biggest lesson that I learned was you have to truly take life one day at a time. I'm very type A. I'm a perfectionist. I love to plan everything. And I think I just learned like I could prepare as best as humanly possible and the next day another I call it a punch in the gut Mm -hmm. we're being sideswiped you know and that would happen every day so I think I started to just learn like you are going to have shit storms every day or Mm -hmm. every week something is going to go wrong something is going to happen and I'm actually reading a book now because one of my best friends told me she need she's like you need to start reading this book I was like what is she's like the subtle art of not giving a fuck I have it (laughs) pardon my friend you have it I started reading it and it's blowing my mind because it's Mm -hmm not about always being positive like you don't need to fake it till you make it and be positive and everything's happy I don't get along with people like that it's more of like it's all about how you deal with adversity and how you face every challenge head on and so I think that is what 2020 has taught me is like I can be prepared as I want to but I have to also be willing to be like okay how big is this problem am I going to make a mountain out of this molehill or you know am I going to just go this is another thing that I just need to get through okay which brings us into to the whole idea I, I want to talk about like competition yes. and like success and all that I love that because I have to be honest I haven't read that book I had it and I gave it to a client and then a client read it and now she's letting me borrow it but I haven't opened it yet but she's read some excerpts from it and I get the gist of it but in the society we are in and even like mm-hmm. working in fitness I mm-hmm. think there is an expectation and being the face of a business mm-hmm. too there's an expectation one to live up to mm-hmm. and it can be different based on what realm you're in yeah and there's also this idea of like competition and this could be any industry mm-hmm. but this is the industry we're talking about yeah i don't feel this as much as in the therapy industry because we're therapists and we're just like i don't know you're i don't nice know nice people yeah. well yeah. not all of us but like <laughs> still but th- it was like throwing elbows this yes. last year because yes. everybody is struggling so everybody's yeah. freaking out yeah and I have this belief that like there is room for like everybody to be successful, yes. especially in a place like Nashville. Yeah, it's not huge. Mm-mm. so we don't. It's not like an L.A. or New York where like you can have a studio in every corner and they can be full. Mm-hmm. But every, there is room for so many different types of movement yeah. in Nashville. And same like restaurants. There's room for different kinds of restaurants. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't work in the restaurant industry. What is the inside of the natural fitness industry feel like to you or just the fitness industry it feels nasty okay yeah it feels nasty and i'll tell you why because i think it's a big city in a small town and i think people can be very vicious Mm -hmm. and i think kind of what you were saying about 
everyone is struggling. Everyone is grasping for something. I think when people start to do well and be successful, other people want to tear you down. And I think it goes back to like when we were kids in middle school. You know, I was picked on all the time. The older girls would throw tar at me on the playground. And I remember going to my mom and being like, why? Like, I didn't do anything. It was because this, you know, the boy that she liked liked me or something crazy. And it was like my mom was like, you don't say one bad word. You keep your mouth shut so that they don't have anything bad to ever say about you. And if they ever do, it's just we know that it's not true. Because I have learned that if you say Mm -hmm. really bad things about people and you try to tear people down, you're writing your own script. And it might take a year. It might take two years. But that will come back around. And I saw Mm -hmm. that throughout my childhood and middle school and being even bullied in high school and just girls being mean. And I think girls were mean to me throughout most of grade school and honestly into college to where I was like this is this is really hard and then it's really taught me how to deal with that and it taught me how to deal with people saying bad things about me even if it wasn't justified even if it was not even true and it would drive me crazy until now it does I'm just learning to not let it bother me anymore but I have noticed that Full Ride is doing really, really well right now. And I have noticed that other studios do not like that. And so what I've learned from my mother when I was a kid is like, you just don't say anything. You keep your head held high and you you just show them by your work ethic. But I will say the fitness industry in Nashville right now to me feels nasty. And I hate that I have to say that. And that's just my most honest answer. And that's just from like similar other formats. I would not say that about, you know, a boot camp kind of style class. I wouldn't say that about like a yoga studio, but I would say in the cycling world specifically in Nashville. For me, competition drives my work ethic. So if you come into town, mm-hmm. cool, great. Come to Nashville, like open up a cycle studio. Let Watch me work harder than you. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that out of like, you're not welcome here. It's just like, oh, you're driving me to want to work harder. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. It drives business. It drives, I mean, it so just, everybody ends up being better. Exactly. It's like you push yeah. me to want to be better. Thanks for coming, you know? Because if we, there was no competition, there was no way for you to, there'd be not as much motivation to get better exactly. and learn and And, you know, I don't know if I've even said this on the podcast, but it's worth saying again, the generation that we're in has one of the highest cohorts of narcissism Mm -hmm. ever. And it's because of this, I think. And we grew up in a very like well-meaning, but in a era where self-esteem was really being driven home where like Mm -hmm. we we wanted to build everybody's Mm self-esteem well the issue with self-esteem is it's the way it's been taught to us it's very outward focused Mm -hmm. so I get self-esteem if I get the highest grade on a test or I I have high self-esteem if I'm one of the prettiest girls in the class Mm -hmm. or if I'm dating the cutest boy or the Mm -hmm. cutest girl or I have the nicest car And everybody's complimenting me on it. If you notice the way I'm I'm saying those things, it's the best at everything. It's mm-hmm. like the top. Yeah. So we get self-esteem when we reach the top. The issue is not everybody can be at the top. Right. If we're talking about I'm I feel smart and I have self-esteem in and how smart I am if I get the highest grade in the class. Well, guess what? Only one kid is getting that grade. Yeah. So what we do to survive is we try to push people down so we can get to the top. Mm-hmm. And so that's why bullying has become an issue. Yes. And that's why I think we have this highest cohort of narcissism because we're taught that to feel good about you you have to be the best mm-hmm. and that's just like not true we were talking right before mm-hmm. this that like what's wrong with just being average yeah like what's wrong with just like not being like everybody else in the sense of like assimilating to other people's beliefs and ideas but like just being as good as the person next to you mm-hmm. and not having to be better faster stronger smarter mm-hmm. i had a horrid 
which I don't ever use that word. I don't know how that word came <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> but we're going to go with it. I have a horrid experience of like bullying in yes. elementary school and middle yeah, school. Same. And I don't know that I was really bullied in high school, but it was more like I, I held on to that those things that people have said mm-hmm. as like true. And so I just felt like crap for mm-hmm. a long time. And that's one of the reasons I am the way I am as a therapist, but also as a cycling instructor, mm-hmm. because I don't want anybody to feel like they're worth more than the person on the bike next to them. Exactly. And you said that in class too, and I love it. It's so true. <laughs> Thank you. It's so true. But yeah, I think that even if we take that concept and just put it tangibly in just the business world, everybody is just trying to get a leg up on everybody, and it doesn't make for a very happy community. Mm-mm. I had one of my girls send me a message once because I've been battling some things of just other studios kind of saying some things about me and our full ride and it's not none of it's even true but she was just kind of saying like being a leader you have to take a lot of that on it's even biblical it's like they're gonna come at you you know and 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 that's just gonna almost like the the better that you do or the harder that you work or the more success that you whatever you deem success um what Mm -hmm. if you have it people want it you know Mm -hmm. now I really try to protect myself and surround myself with people who who are happy for the business and happy for the team and happy for me and and that's really what I pay attention to and I really try to block a lot of that other that other stuff out but that's kind of why I say that word nasty because other people don't really see that as success you know if they see you successful then they're not successful it's kind of like what you're talking Mm -hmm. about it's like no 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 like Fulbright can be successful and so can this other studio and so can this other studio we might just be different our success might look different doesn't necessarily mean that it's better than your success because you don't know my piano right you Mm -hmm. I don't know your piano I don't know how you run the back end of your business and that's not my that's not my business you know Mm -hmm. so I think trying to look at that and having a healthy perspective but again you're not responsible for how people feel you know what I mean and so I can't like no matter what I do it's like I could try to be the which I try to be the best person I can possibly be um, and the kindest person and and not say anything bad about anybody and do all those things and still people are going to say bad things and I think you just have to kind of go all right like you're not my people that's cool well you're also human so yes Yes. I, I think that this like idea that it's really really hard to like shut your mouth Mm -hmm. when somebody is saying something hurtful Mm -hmm. because I'm just thinking about the people listening and and them thinking about the areas in their life where they've I mean it's all what we're talking about is competition and comparison yes and we're human and we're bound to say something Mm -hmm. that maybe we we are in the moment I mean I have people in here that will just like go off Mm. and they're like oh my gosh I'm such a bad person I'm like no you're not Mm -hmm. they're not and also this gets to stay here so it's not like you're going I'm don't I'm not saying you're saying anything yeah. but like if you have I just want people to know if you have those moments where you just like these things come out of your mouth and you're like what did I just say that's very human totally just check in with that of like yeah. what's our, what's being threatened or or what feels scary or, or what are you trying to get out of that and then take care of it mm-hmm. but I just want people to know that like that's a muscle that has to be built of like not going back mm-hmm. at people that kind of come for you yeah for lack of a better it's term 100% a muscle Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. 
It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. I want to know at the end of the year, looking back, what do you feel like you really had to reevaluate and adjust in your life in terms of how you care for yourself and relationships? Mm. Because all of what we've talked about kind of is encompassing how the pandemic affected you and then how the fitness industry kind of shifted and how that affected you. Mm -hmm. So how do you not push back, but how do you cope with that? And how do you move the way you're going towards life in response to all of that stuff? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in the middle of doing that. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm, I feel like I'm in the middle of that. I am a huge goal-oriented person. I'm kind of like if I got a, I'm a journaler, so I love to write it down. So I would say like using 2020 as fuel and as a reminder of how precious this life is and how quickly it can change and how change is always a good thing. There's something that I say in my class all the time and it's always that your good days are your hard days and they're hard because they're good and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think that if any of us were handed, let's say a relationship, Let's say, Kat, I met this guy. He's perfect for you. He literally wants to be your boyfriend. 
he wants to marry you tomorrow you'd be like you need to go away like i don't believe you <laughs> and because it was handed to you yeah and like you didn't have to work for it mm-hmm. you don't you don't believe it you don't believe that it's actually good because you didn't have to work for it so for me i actually had to work harder than i've ever worked in my life for not only my business but my relationship with my boyfriend of three and a half years who i love to death like mm-hmm. we had to work really hard at our relationship we saw each other every day his business he's in sales and like he was i mean he's blessed and he's okay and like we have been you know know so thankful for where we're at now but like you know we had to like navigate that together my relationships with my friends like the friends that I lost honestly that I'm no longer as close with because of a pandemic because it kind of made me realize like I only have this tiny bit of room for for x number of people Mm -hmm. and so it's not to anyone's fault it's just like these are the people that I'm going to choose now to spend time with so in my mind I've always been like I've got to learn the hard way and I really have to earn things in my life and I don't mean it in the sense of like I got to work for every good thing but when I work for it it just I I care for it so much better which is a good quality to have yeah and so I think that's what 2020 like refocusing my year for 2021 is like my health is a huge priority just because I didn't pay attention to it last year because I didn't have capacity for it but also to like kind of just being prepared for anything and one of my goals now is just really to figure out how I can give more attention to the things that matter and less attention to the tiny little things that not me that I think not any person you know the tiny little annoyances in, in somebody or something or some situation and try to just go you know what like I don't even think about those things mm-hmm. and just focus on the bigger picture um, and not be so goal oriented and not be so driven to the point where if I don't hit that I'm going to be disappointed so I look at 2020 in a way of like I hope we I hope we get back to life uh, to normal life mm-hmm. as quick as possible but I also kind of hope it's something that uh, us as a society we don't forget what it's like to you know, the, the luxury of not having to wear a mask, you know, I hope we walk into a bar one day and go, man, remember when we had to wear masks? Like, aren't we so grateful? We don't have mm-hmm. to wear masks anymore. The way that I look at fitness, like when we got to come back after COVID it and being closed, so like I cried during my first class. Yeah. I never cry. I just like had tears and I had to pull the microphone away. Cause I was like, this is why I do what I do. I hope I never forget this feeling. And so looking back and being like, I'm so grateful that I survived 2020 truly survived. And not just me, I know every single person that's listening or around is like yes you survived 2020 you survived probably the hardest year of your life and then taking all those lessons and and just implementing them into your your new way of life and knowing that you're human you're going to make mistakes you might forget your goals I mean it's February and I already forgot my goals for 2021 I'm like I gotta go back in my journal and read what I wrote down but like again that's a human thing right Mm -hmm. so I think it's just giving myself more grace and and really knowing like perspective is everything I like what you were saying about not having room for everybody Mm -hmm. in your life and i'm gonna say this through the perspective before i knew you Mm. so tell me (laughs) it's not bad if i were to judge you and of course just so everybody knows we all judge everybody it's just what we do Mm -hmm. our brains judge everything we see we see something we make a judgment Mm -hmm. what we do with that judgment is very important Mm -hmm. and so when i say judge when i would judge you it wouldn't be like oh i'm looking judging you it's like just my judgment of you yeah judgments can be good yeah it was that through the pandemic, I guess. I have no idea what it would be like to run this kind of business, but it was that like you were fine Mm. or that like, I'm assumed that it was hard, but Mm -hmm. like that you were going to be fine. I didn't really think about like the stress of it. Mm -hmm. I thought you guys were thriving. Your online forum Mm -hmm. looked incredible. Mm -hmm. And so to me, 
looking at that, I'm like, oh, Kenzie Todd's freaking killing it this year. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not having a hard time. So that says, one, to, like, the power of social media, which Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about. And two, I like what you said about not having room for everything. Because if I were to look at you, I would never have... The judgment I made was never, like oh, she must really have to be careful with like her time and how she spends it and the energy she puts in things. Mm -hmm. It's like she has it all. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that we as a collective society, a lot of times get with the judgment part and the comparison, we think, well, we need to have it all too because that's what happiness looks like. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to scale back. Yeah, It is okay to have less. And I mean like less money if you can still survive and pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Less friends, less of the material things yeah. less like all that stuff it's okay to have less we live in a very more 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 big mm-hmm. big big world mm-hmm. and i'm grateful that you said that part about the friends because it is okay to have a very small circle of people oh, yeah. we don't need a million friends no it's almost better honestly to have less yes you know it's, those are that can really know you exactly they're going to know who you really are. I do not do well with surface conversation. I do not do well with relationships that are like, how you doing? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Good. Are you? Yeah. Oh, and that, like, that's it. I'm like, no, <laughs> we should get coffee. Yeah, we're we never going to get coffee. We're never going to get coffee. And I actually tell people now I yeah. actually, and I, I tell them, Hey, like I'll get Instagram messages. I get a lot of people wanting to know how I started my studio or can I pick your brain on this? And, and I honestly just want to start writing blog posts for those people of like, here's what I do. But like, I genuinely tell them I'm so flattered. I do not have time. It's not a priority right now, you know, and I, and I'm really honest with them, but also even the friends that I was really, really close to that I'm no longer as close to, it's kind of just like, it's a different season of my life. And I like to be honest Mm -hmm. with that, but it's, I have probably one on one hand, I can count the people that know my true, true, true Mm -hmm. heart that I spend a lot of time with. And that's everyday life with them. And I'd rather be able to do daily life with people and have them really, really know me. It Mm -hmm. just, I feel it's like that Tim Keller quote of like, to be known and to being loved, you know, and like to being loved and like the difference between what superficial love and real love, but to be fully known and like deeply loved like that. He's talking more romantically, but Mm -hmm. I think about that quote as, as friendships. And I feel like to be known, fully known and fully loved. So that means they know all the horrible parts about me. I call it the ugly side of Kenzie. They know that and they still love it and they still choose me anyways. If you can have five friends that like that, oh my gosh, you are so lucky, you know? You know, that makes me think about, I listened to Annie F. Downs Enneagram series. And I think this is where I heard it. And I want to say it was when they were talking about threes, but I could be totally wrong. But it was something along the lines of the quote was, this probably isn't the wording, but this is what the essence, be authentic with everybody and transparent with few. Yes. Yeah. So good. where like, I want you to talk about that because your job doesn't work if you're fake. Mm-mm. It just doesn't Mm-mm. like as a, I mean, my job wouldn't work, but if I was fake either, like mm-hmm. any part of my job. And mm-hmm. so we have to show up as very authentic and real people, but mm-hmm. we cannot give the insides of us Mm-mm. to everybody. Mm-hmm. And even this conversation is it's authentic and vulnerable, but it's not the deep, deep, deep secrets that Mm -mm. like we all have, like Mm -hmm. those don't need to go to everybody. Mm -mm. And we have another issue with intimacy in this world where like, we think that like intimacy is just giving all these people this information. Mm -hmm. And like one, it's not intimacy is you need time Mm -hmm. and information. Yeah. But how do you show up as authentic without being transparent? parent and translucent even mm-hmm. which one is more translucent is that see-through translucent is like somewhat i think it's like more opaque and transparent okay, like throw fully, that word right? out is that i right? mean i don't, I don't know. know i don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever one is like totally see-through transparent how think, do you yes. how do you balance that because yes we need to be saying no more mm-hmm. and no is not mean Mm-mm. like saying no is not mean it is totally okay to say i don't have that in me right now mm-hmm. else your health will decline mm-hmm. you know and, and mm-hmm. mental health physical health so what is the balance and i even said this to you I'm like, keep asking you a question and keep talking. Yeah, no, but I said this to you after one of the classes that you taught, you said something about how you were having like a bad morning. And Mm -hmm. I was like, thank you for saying that. And then you were like, well, I don't, sometimes I wonder how much to share. And I'm like, you shared exactly enough where I I know you're struggling. I don't need to know what it is. Exactly. But I'm also struggling and it makes me feel, I feel connected and I feel Mm -hmm. like you're real. Yeah. Cause you don't show up as a, you don't show up as a perfect person. No, I don't ever want to. And so how do you balance that? Yeah. Because everybody wants a piece of you mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It, that is, it's, it's honestly like probably one of my biggest struggles. I will say when I am an, when I, I wear a lot of different hats, obviously. And when I am, I think the hardest thing is being an instructor and being on the instructor team and then also being the owner of the business. And so when I uh, am coming in to teach a class, I, I really try to visualize my instructor cap. And when the doors close, I, I feel freedom to say whatever, because as a really great instructor makes you dig down really, really deep, but it's not ever about the instructor. It's about the writer. So I get up and sometimes I'll share like personal stories. They'll be really anecdotal. They'll be very, very quick and and short and sweet. Um, But then I always flip it on the writer, right? So that I can make that connection, say, hey, I'm going through this or I've struggled with my, I've looked at myself differently with my body, whatever it is, and then turn it on and back on the writer. When the door opens up and class is over, I have more of a guard up. I'm there to say, hey, I'm there to talk to people if they want to pull me inside, which happens all the time. I'm, I'm super real and honest with them. But again, like I'm back to like, OK, now I'm back to being the business owner and make sure the next class starts on time. So I have to move from hat to hat super quickly. And I've had to learn how to be in a way I try to vision like the most authentic yet best version of Kinsey every single time. And that keeps me on track for who I want to continue to represent when I'm in the studio, because I am the owner and I am technically the boss and I am the person that my 22 year old front desk girls are looking at in hard situations. Or, you know, if a client comes up and isn't very nice to, to one of my girls, it's like, I'm a mama bear and I'm there. Mm -hmm. So again, like so many different hats, but I will say, um, I use the word self-preservation and I use that word with like how much I want to give of myself. I think people feel a level of access to instructors. I'm, I know you experience this too, of like cat is speaking to my soul and then therefore she's going to become my best friend and then there is that pressure you know to like to to want to do that for everyone but just knowing that you can't and so I think it's just being able to be like as real as possible in the room and then after when you're outside of the room I the way that I do that too is I say a no to a lot of social events I don't really I love my clients I don't really hang out with a lot of them outside of the studio I don't really I hang out with some team members not all of them you're one of them I can't wait to go get wine after this (laughs) um and sharing things with you it's I kind of just go based on my gut kind of like and I tend to be drawn to people who are in similar life seasons as me and and carry similar weight loads 
surprise me because it's really easy for me to then feel known by somebody. So I kind of pick and choose who I'm going to really spend quality time with. And then I'm still there and I'm still authentic and real, but you just won't see me as much. And I've had to learn again, kind of saying, I say this in class all the time, but like you're in charge of your, your no, and you're in control of your yes. And so that balance is going to be probably one I'm going to need to learn for the rest of my life. Which has to be hard as a two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's <laughs> rips me apart yeah. right because <laughs> yes. it's not that it's not that you're ever like i don't want to be friends with these mm-hmm. people it's or i don't want to connect with these people it's like i don't have the capacity i don't have the capacity it's actually a struggle that michael and i my boyfriend and i for the first year of our relationship he's a huge extrovert and i'm a huge introvert mm-hmm. and he's a seven so he's like let's go have mm-hmm. fun and everything is good and let's not talk about our feelings and then i'm like over here like i'm not connected with you i need you to tell me how you feel you know it's <laughs> yeah. just like oh my gosh bless his heart but i don't have the capacity because I know that if I say and it's not that I don't want to a lot of times I do want to go do things with people it's just like I honestly don't have the capacity because I will be so drained mm-hmm. and I think that's why my my energy levels are off the ever since I became an instructor because I lay everything out there when I'm teaching you know not just physically but like emotionally you're just like pouring your heart out you're connecting with people on this incredible like just magical level and then you're drained after so mm-hmm. it's just like it's truly not having the capacity I, I told Michael when we started dating and I want you to envision like a bucket and I'm happy to go do these things but there's like X number of items in my bucket and every time we go do something you're pulling an item out of my bucket so it's like I'll go to the bar with you with your friends if you're willing to take out a thing from my bucket and know that I'm going to need to be by myself and I'm going to need to restore Mm -hmm. you know later this weekend or whatever it is and just being able to put language behind that will allow for for you whoever's listening to like understand that it's okay that you don't have the energy that your friend does it's really important and it is like the word sacred your bucket is sacred yes so sacred I'm thinking here as like I stopped teaching this year. One of the reasons was COVID and I didn't feel at that at a certain time when I was trying to meet with my clients in person, I didn't feel like it was fair to, for me to go and be out in public a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons I, I stepped away, one of them. And I, then I started writing at your studio and I had literally negative intentions, like in the sense of negative 500 intentions of <laughs> teaching again. Like if, if that like actually made sense, like I had no thought in my mind that I wanted to go back to do that because it was one of the hardest years of my life in the sense of the energy output Mm -hmm. I was giving and also having to work on my own because I'm going through the pandemic while my clients are so I have to make sure that I'm processing my stuff so then I can show up for them and I did it fine like it wasn't I mean I made it through and I think that my clients we all made it through Mm -hmm. but I that was one of my things that like became mine again of working out and movement and I got to go in and be the client which Mm -hmm. I had hadn't done in years and I had to really think about I remember the first time Shauna asked me if I was thinking about teaching again I said no and then I was like well I think a a month later maybe I was like well if I could teach one class and then like a month later I was like well I would do two and then (laughs) like because I had to really think about is this worth it for me to give this energy here and if I'm going to give energy here I have to take energy away from another spot in my life and I have to and my energy is sacred and Mm -hmm. my my space and my time is sacred and so I had to rethink I can't be the cat that was at the other studio Mm -hmm. that was like always there and always stayed after and would be at every single event and if somebody needed something I was I that's not cat in this new realm it's like I'm so much self-awareness you know it really is for you to know that and I feel like that 
a hundred percent too. I'm not the friend I was. I'm not as good of a friend as I used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm a really good friend to a few people. Mm-hmm. I'm not a good friend to 15 people. I'm just not yeah. because I can't because I, before I fall asleep, I'm thinking about, okay, did I pay all the bills? Are we on track yeah. with the PL? Did I run this? Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. Good. How's Michael? Okay. Are my, is my boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. Is my brother good? My family. But I used to beat myself up so much. I used to wonder why I used to be such a intentional friend. I'd write handwritten cards and check in with them mm-hmm. and if they wanted a date I'd text them after and like I genuinely feel like I have short-term memory loss like I'd forget so many things that I used to not forget and then I would I would beat myself up about it when I was an early entrepreneur mm-hmm. in an uh, early stages of being a, a small business owner and then I realized Ken's like you don't have the capacity you can't do all things really really well you can't be a really good friend and a really good business owner and a really good spin instructor and eat really really healthy and oh drink lots of water like I don't drink all water time, I have yeah. a Gatorade sitting right here that I have barely touched <laughs> and it's like three o'clock you know and like that's also me just probably needing to be taking care of myself a that's little bit the better being blown up <laughs> Um, but I think having, being able to have that self-awareness that you were talking about Mm -hmm. of like, okay, just really assessing, like I'm in, something's going to have to give if I'm going to give over here. And I think that's also just being in our thirties now and realizing like, okay, our twenties, we, we earned our thirties. We learned Mm -hmm. a lot in our twenties of what we want to, what we love, what we don't love, who we want to be. And then our thirties, it's like, we could actually choose. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually finally okay with saying, yeah, I'm a great friend to a few people and I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to work really hard to be as best of a girlfriend and then future wife as I can be and a really good business owner and and try to be the best person I can be but knowing that I have limitations that maybe other people don't and that's okay there's grief in that too yes there's grief in like I know for for me I was always known as Kat has so many friends well that was me in my 20s Mm -hmm. Kat has so many friends Kat and I still have a lot of friends but there's grief in the sense that like I have to give certain parts of my life up for other parts to be successful which is mm-hmm. what you're talking about mm-hmm. i hate saying this but like the idea that like we can have it all doesn't exist well, it, not really like mm-hmm. and i think that's un it, it's kind of how i feel about when people say you can be anything you want like mm-hmm. i can't be a professional basketball player mm-hmm. like i could never do that i tried mm-hmm. basketball and it mm-hmm. wasn't for me I can do a lot of great things yeah. but there are li- we have limitations yeah. as humans mm-hmm. and that is a hard thing for people to generally grasp and there's grief in that there is a grieving process in to be successful in in my business which is what my priority is now Mm -hmm. i have to let go of some things Mm -hmm. that might change later yeah and you might be grieving some things in business Mm -hmm. but i'm so appreciative of you saying that because i think a lot of humans especially young people in their 20s and in early 30s is like it's so exciting life is so exciting and i'm gonna take it by what is it the phrase like take it by the horns yeah. is that a phrase take it by the balls um, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna and i'm gonna go do all these things and it's gonna be great and i'm gonna it's gonna look great on instagram yeah. and all this stuff and really like your your 20s and 30s is like a kind of like choosing what's important to you and mm-hmm. grieving the things that you can't have because not everything is gonna fit no yeah oh, i love that not everything is gonna fit yeah the, some of the best advice i ever got when i remember I was like 24, 25. And I was like, why is life so hard? Genuinely? Like, am I ever going to be happy? Am I ever going to love my body? Am I ever going to have money? Like what is going, why is this so hard? And one of my best friends said, who's about five years older than me, she said, uh, yeah, you'll get there. You'll turn 30 and then you'll get there. <laughs> Your 20s suck. They just do. They yeah. just, they're really, really hard. For, I was poor. And I was like, poor <laughs> and, you know, just, I had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really believe as females, we have to, we have to 
falling in love with our bodies is like trying to fall in love. Like you really have to learn yourself and then you're entering these new parts of yourself that you haven't met yet. So you have to be really, really kind. And we're not so kind because we're looking at all of the people around us saying, well, they have it. So we're I don't. end product. Yes, exactly. And I think a lot of 22 year olds look at me like I want to be hurt. And it's like, I'm eight years older than you. Mm-hmm. And I have lived a, and I have been the reason why you're feeling so connected with me is because I have been in your shoes. Yeah. And let, let me share with you. And that's what I love. It's so fulfilling for me to be able to share and make people feel, you know, known. And, and that's part of, I think being a two and being an empath, but no, it, your twenties are hard. And if you're listening and you ride with Kat and I, and you see us up there, it's like, we're, we've, we've kind of earned this new season that we're in. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, turning 30 was one of the coolest things ever. I did have COVID when I turned 30, but Aww. it was still really great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm feeling finally yeah. like I can stand really confidently in this life that I'm building for myself. But your 20s are hard. And, and I think people yeah. don't talk about that enough. This is a good, this is maybe we'll, we'll finally get to this. I keep teasing it. But like, I want you to talk to me about how social media has played into that because mm it doesn't matter how old you are now. I think this is going to affect the younger generation more because they're more in it and they're more savvy with it. But social media has, and we talked about this last week with Anne-Marie, but it has changed the game Mm -hmm. when it comes to how we look at ourselves because it's, it's upped comparison. Yeah. I said, when we weren't recording like you post Mm -hmm. but like it's not really consistent and it's not like there's some people that i feel like i know them because Mm -hmm. i follow them on instagram yes and you're somebody who still seems like mysterious you know (laughs) so so how do you balance that because it's social media is how like businesses grow too and yeah and at being a fitness instructor, part of your business is you, like yeah, you your brand. And, and and your personal brand. So how do you deal with that? Oh, how what much are your time just, do you have? Well, just like <laughs> give me your feelings on social media social and how media. it's affected you. Yeah. The roller coaster of it. You know, I have, I think, a pretty love-hate relationship with social media. I I tell people this a lot, but if I wasn't a business owner, I wouldn't have it. And I wouldn't have it because I don't think that it's healthy about 80% of the time. I think it has a beautiful ability for us to connect. I think it has a really cool creative side that you can kind of find yourself kind of planning out your grid and seeing what Mm -hmm. filters you like and and genuinely enjoying the aesthetic of what Instagram can provide you. sharing your life is fun too. I also feel like social media has created this urgency for us to do this thing called show and tell. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of beauty in also being private. So I balance it by like, I'm not strategic on my own social media. If I have a picture I want to post or do something, I'll post it. Um, If I don't have content, I don't post. I think a lot of people are like, going to get content and trying to post something for the sake of posting every day or whatever you're trying to do for your algorithm or, you know, trying to do the latest thing to make yourself feel relevant. I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I think people need to watch their intentions about it, right? Like, what are you trying to convey in this message? What are you trying to show? And I think maybe because I'm an overthinker, if I'm about to post a picture of me in a sports bra, I look a certain way right now because I'm a spin instructor and I work out you know, a lot throughout throughout Mm -hmm. the week. I'm not always going to look like this. I'm in probably the best shape of my life for Mm -hmm. sure. And it's not like, oh, I don't want to make other people feel bad, but it's like, what is my intention? Am I proud of the way that I look? Cool. Then I'm going to post it. Mm -hmm. But what is my intention behind this post or what am I really trying to say? And my biggest thing is I have to have substance behind what I post. Mm -hmm. If I don't have substance or if it's not something that I really love or if it's not a, a, a photo 
creatively that I'm proud of because there is a part of of me that really loves that part of social media I'm not going to post it and um I just think to we, get something out just there. to get something out there because it's like I got to post every day because I got to keep sure that I'm relevant in my algorithm and keep people engaged in what I'm doing that's a pressure that will drown you mm-hmm. and I've seen it happen and it's really scary and it's sad you know well, and that goes to like last week we were I was talking to Anne-Marie about like it's okay to do that that if like with diets and exercise I didn't say that's okay to do that but we Mm -hmm. can't judge what we're doing based on these people who do it for a career right there are people who it's it's literally somebody's job to like influencers it's literally their job to post yeah and to do this and take certain pictures and whatever it is not I mean it's part of our job Mm -hmm. because again our brand but it's literally not our just our job and if you let it it will drowned you yes. like you said because we're comparing ourselves to these people who spend all day doing right. that right and like, yeah, yeah their their grid looks like that because that's they spent eight hours planning that yeah. out oh and like what time they're gonna like there's so much behind a post of like what time and what algorithm like what, what day filter, of the week what day of the post. week you know it's you have to comment on people's posts before you post yes. and you have to comment on then people's- you start to wonder your friends intentions on like why they're posting on your like why, why they're, they're commenting, commenting on your post because you're like are you doing this so that you get followers from the people that Mm -hmm. like that that is where social media has gone taken my brain sometimes and I'm like this is when I know I need to put my phone down Mm -hmm. and I need to get off Instagram for a while and I'll do that it's kind of like when I go rogue a little bit and I just kind of don't post it's probably just because I'm not on it I'm on DMs a lot because I get a lot of it for the business I run both the full ride and my personal Instagram so it's like it is kind of it can be Mm -hmm. it can feel like a lot but I really do worry for uh, the sanity of our generation because Mm -hmm. I just you wouldn't know what you don't know can't hurt you you know and sometimes like if you're healing from a breakup and you see your ex or your ex is in a photo of your friend with your friend it's like now all of a sudden you're creating this story in your head that may not even it's probably not even true but because you saw it on social media or what about like the targeted ads that then is like draining your bank account because oh you gotta have this to keep relevant the thing that makes me the most sad I think is when people do things so that they can post them on social media and I think it's like I want to go out so that I can have content to post or I want to buy a house so I can have content to post or I want to you know like change my hair so I have content to post you know that that part I think I'm seeing in a lot of just our generation and it makes me it it truly breaks my heart because I really wish that life was pre-social media if I'm being fully honest well because I like that you said like why am I posting seen this if it's something I'm proud of and I want to share then like totally do it and I think that's that like if I do buy a house and I post a picture of my house because I'm proud of it Mm -hmm. that's one thing but if I'm like going out and doing these things so then I can post a picture that I know is going to get a lot of likes and comments Mm -hmm. that's the issue if I'm going to do get my hair done and spend $500 on getting my hair done Mm -hmm. just so I have can post this picture if I'm spent doing a girl's night just so I can post it Mm -hmm. that is one thing versus like I did it and I have these pictures and I'm going to post them yeah but it's it's a fine line it's a fine line it's a very fine line and then what we end up doing is we compare our insides to everybody's outsides Mm -hmm. so we see everybody's outside the stuff that they're posting we don't see the inside of what that you don't see how many photos they took for the one picture that they posted right i posted that one time i do that i I posted on um i've struggled with social media because i 
had a work Instagram and a personal Instagram. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with it's like with a lot of mm-hmm. like, what do I post on what? Because I, as a therapist, I don't, it's not appropriate for my, a lot of my personal life to right. be on social media because I have some of my clients might follow me and I have a public profile and I don't want to have to worry about what they're seeing and any of that. So that's been a whole thing. And I finally have, I just have one Instagram now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I one time posted a picture. It was a picture of a shirt that I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Shirt that from Shop that Amy created. And I wanted to take a picture in front of my Christmas tree, but I like couldn't get the words and my face. And I was taking it myself. And I literally took probably 50 pictures. Mm-hmm. And finally, my my roommate was like, do you want me to just take your picture? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't ask you that. But like, I posted mm-hmm. the like camera roll of how like I had probably 50 pictures of one simple photo of me sitting in front of a Christmas tree. It wasn't anything special. But if that picture took that long, like... Yeah, can you imagine? And that's why a lot of times when I am like doing a photo shoot for for a full ride or mm-hmm. um, the old studio I used to do or even something for three quarts therapy. People are like, do you want to look at them? And sometimes I'm like, yeah, sure. But sometimes I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. That's what I look That's like. That's how I am. That's yeah. what I look like. Yeah. And so, Can't change it. Yeah. It is what I look like. And I don't need to like get my foot in the right place and then lean this way. It's yeah. just it's like, that's yeah. not what I look like. Yeah. I don't ever stand like yeah. that. I, I want to make sure that I always like, if you follow me on social media and you've never met me and then you meet me in person, you can identify who I am. Yes. You know, <laughs> yes. like I'm actually like this real person now everyone loves a good filter like it's like wow I can look this way you know but there are certain filters I will not even touch because I'm like that's not what I look like I've stopped using yeah I've stopped using those well because what I would do I stopped using the like smooth face thing on stories because I would go back in my archives to look for things and I'd see all these videos of me Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh my god my skin looked perfect this looked perfect and then I would get so upset of like Mm -hmm. I don't I wish I still looked like that I never looked like that that. yeah literally I never looked like that so I will never again do a smooth face filter on my story. And sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I could use that filter. But yeah. then I'm like, this is what I look yeah, like. Yeah, this is what I look like. This is a real me. And I think it's really important too to like really for also people that are listening, like pay attention to who you follow and like mm-hmm. what filters they're using. Because without you even knowing it, you'll start to then like you just get so adjusted to seeing people's stories and you're like, what foundation do they use? And that's like, then it's like all of a sudden you're spending all this money to look like this person that doesn't even exist. Doesn't even so like I that. really am really specific on who I follow. And I really try to follow people that are really authentic and I'm really into, of course, beauty and fashion and all the things that every girl's interested in, but what is realistic? Mm -hmm. And I really try to have a good sensor of that. And it coming back to your point of like trying to balance being relevant at 30 and and Mm -hmm. running a business and being a spin instructor and then also being really, really real. And I think if you can go back to social media and be like, am I portraying myself in a light that my family is proud of that makes sense to people that knew me five years ago, then yeah, okay. I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay. But I just, I, I really, it's such a fine line. Mm -hmm. And if you ever feel weird, if you're like, I'm going to post something and it just doesn't feel right. Like don't, post it that's I think generally like your kind of trigger of like Mm -hmm. that's a good good rule of thumb of like this doesn't feel authentic so I'm not Mm going to do it and then just don't do it maybe text it to your friend and be like look at my look at how my abs look or look at how I feel in this picture like don't I look pretty and like yeah you look great you know but don't do it if you're trying to get the affirmation from a bunch of strangers just from hitting a like button you know that's what's scary Mm -hmm. to me and uh, I feel like where our world has gone to so social media it is a necessary evil when you 
run a business, unfortunately. Um, I think there's a there's so many there's so much good that comes from it. I feel like it can be really inspiring, but you have to it's like I say with my instructors, when you have the privilege to have a microphone, like use it wisely. If you have the privilege to have people on social media and I think you and I both have quite a few followers, you know, we've got a lot of people like interested in our life, which is cool. I'm going to continue to live my life. And if you're interested in it, great, but I'm not going to change what I do throughout the day so that you're more interested in what I do. I might share what I eat. I might not share what I eat. I might share what I'm doing on a Friday night. I might not. And it kind of just depends on my mood, but my, my personal Instagram is not strategic. And I think you can tell if you follow me that it's not. I think that this is a good way to wrap it up because that's one of the things that I think, especially because people are on their phones more than ever now because of the pandemic and just there's less to do and we're, you know, the media has like sucked us in. And so that's a good way to kind of round this out of like, that's what we started talking about, the pandemic. And this is one of the biggest things that probably a lot of us have come out of it of readjusting our relationship with our phones and mm-hmm. and how we get affirmation and validation. So, thank you for being here. Thank we'll you for having me. Yeah, let's, let's do it go again. get some drinks. Let's go get jeans. <laughs>